Hello, you beautiful people. Welcome to the Dear Dad podcast. This is the place where we address dad dynamics and discuss personal experiences, stories, and poem submissions to help provide a platform for healing while simultaneously uplifting one another. Let's change the dad narrative all around. Let's go. Let's grow. Hello, you beautiful people. Thank you again for joining me at Dear Dad Podcast. My name is B. Jemson Darius, a.k.a. BJ. Now, today I have a special guest. So the story I have with this guy is that he reached out to me a while back um, to do a, a podcast for him, uh, with him, I can say, and I was honored. But after that, he, he uh, I reached out to him. I was like, I want to do a podcast. And I reached out to him and I was just like, bro, like, I just need you to just like sample it. Tell me how it's like. Tell me, just tell me exactly what you think about it. And I was nervous. And he called me back. He was like, yo, do what, yo, you're doing a good, good thing. Do whatever you got to do. If you got to go d- deep, go deep. And I was so honored. I was so like, so blessed to have this guy in my life. We have a conversation. I feel like he's my brother. I can honestly call you my brother. Absolutely. The relationship that we have is so great and so fluid and so easy, and I love it. But you know what? Let me not take the shine away from you. <laughs> guys, let me introduce you guys to Mike Dorsier. What's going on, brother? What's up, my brother? How are you today, man? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. <laughs> man, I'm, I'm honored to be on your show, man, and to share your beautiful platform with your listeners and and those that are, you know, looking to kind of grow and become the best version of who they are, man. So I, I'm honored to, that you would want to have me on your platform, man. Thank you. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's been a long time coming. It's been a long time coming. But we're here. We're here. <laughs> that's, that's, what <laughs> we're say, the best here. things come to those who wait, right? Absolutely. And I, 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 I would wait for you. I have no problem doing that. Oh, man. <laughs> so let's just jump in. Let's just jump in. So um, tell me and tell everybody else, uh, who is Mike Dorsier? Who is Mike Dorsey? Um, well, honestly, man, I am a husband to my beautiful wife, Maisha, and I'm the father to my little munchkins, Morgan and Maxwell. My goal is to live on purpose every day, you know, walking in my calling. And my calling, honestly, is to, you know, help individuals become the best version of themselves, you know, mm-hmm. through being a performance and personal development coach. But, um, but then also through the podcast and through various media outlets, you know, just using the gifts and the skills and the experiences that I've been blessed with to, you know, to pour into other people. And so for me, it's all about that, man, literally walking in purpose, you know, putting one foot in front of the other and, you know, walking by faith, not by sight at times. Well, actually all the time, that's the goal, but I'm here. Right. So <laughs> sometimes it's not, you know, I, I, I want a little bit of sight at times. Right. But the reality is it's, it's a struggle in which I want to walk by faith and not by sight and uh, walk in purpose and, make an impact and make things better, you know, after I leave. So that's in essence, in a nutshell, who I am. Oh, yeah. <laughs> in a nutshell. <laughs> Absolutely, man. I, I appreciate that. And I know from the beginning I was just, you know, talking about your the appreciation that I have for you. And then and I, I really want to emphasize on that. Like the fact that I'm I'm able to call you and you're able to respond to me and you're able to like, you know, cater to what I was asking for. And I was I'm very honored that you were able to do that because you you've been in the game for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, you you, uh, you seasoned, so I was just like, let me just reach out to this brother. And two, I mean, we we've had a conversation before, absolutely we had a relationship before. We so have a relationship. Like, let me reach out to you. Yeah, a, yeah, we and, had a relationship. And, and I'm, I'm gonna throw, you know, the thing is though, man, like when you notice somebody walking in purpose, you know, I think it's our it's incumbent upon all of us, especially when we notice other brothers walking in purpose, doing a good thing, leading with something that's going to add value to society. We need to do any and everything possible to pour into that. And so whatever we can do 
we should do that. And I know a lot of us don't always do that. We look at things from a from the perspective of it being like a zero sum game where there's a competition. But the reality is it's not about you're not competing with anybody. Right. right. You just should want to help other people walk in what they're supposed to walk in. And if you notice a glimmer of, wow, dude got something special going on, pour some gasoline on that fire if you have the opportunity, because um, that's what we're here to do, man. Yeah, yeah. And I think because you did that for me, I've had other people reach out to me saying that, you know, since you've been in the game for a while, and pretty much the same thing I said to you, can you uh-huh. sample what I did and it just get back to me or give me a, leave me a comment? I was just like, no problem. You know what? I've been there. I was in your shoes uh-huh. starting out and not being, you know, being a little bit insecure about it. And to get your to get a feedback from someone that's been in the game for a while, it makes you feel it makes you feel like you can do it. You you can move forward. You can you, you are able to like you know uh, succeed because again, our our duties as 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 brothers, I'm gonna say, uh-huh. is that's right. If when when we're making it, we need to literally reach our hand back and help the others that's that's behind us. If we if I'm if I'm successful, I need to I need to have somebody else that's behind me that's successful. I can't be successful by myself. It is absolutely meaningless if I'm by myself. Man, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, the goal is to light other candles, because if you light other candles, then eventually we have a whole slew of candles lighting everything up and then everybody can see. You know what I'm saying? And I'll tell you, there was a a quote by a guy named P.L.O. Lumumba, Patrick Lumumba. And uh, I forgot what part of Africa he's in right now, but he's a speaker and I think a professor. But one of the things that he said in one of the talks he gave on YouTube, he said, true success is when my successor succeeds. Yes. And so when you stop and you think about that, you know, sometimes we think about it from the standpoint of our our lineage, our kids, but it's not always about our kids. It's about who's next in line in regards to what it is you do. And, you know, and it's all about setting the groundwork for somebody else to take that platform and run with it. And so we have to make sure that that others succeed because otherwise it's really not true success if um if somebody can't come behind you and succeed as well. Absolutely. I agree. I 100% agree. And again, I have, have a couple of people that reach out to me and ask me those questions. I was like, yo, I'm I'm here for you. Whatever you want. You want me to be in a podcast? No problem. You want me to be one of the uh, in an episode? No problem. You want comments? No problem. Like I've had this, this dude that said, look, can you go and just give me like a comment? I'm like, no problem. Like, like this is what we need to do. We need to support one another so yes. we can just help each other grow. Mm, that's a brotherhood, that's, man. That's all it is. That's all it is. I am not in this game for myself. It's literally, I need to make it so others can make it. And that's been my motto for a long time. And the fact that you set that example for me helped me help me set that example for somebody else. And I, I appreciate that about you. And I completely continue to applaud you. Mm, well, thank you, brother, man. Again, somebody's done that for me. And it's, it's, it's a duty. So, yes. and I love, and I, and look, and I'm loving the, the opportunity to be able to do it. So that's it, man. We got to carry it forward, brother. Beautiful, beautiful. All right. So let's jump back to the next question. So okay. tell me about your dad. It's interesting, man. Um, my dad and I have, uh, we've, we had a complicated relationship growing up, but I love my dad with all my heart. You know what I'm saying? Like he's, you know, he's my dude. But one of the things that was challenging about growing up was, you know, my dad suffered from the disease of addiction. And because of that, you know, that brought some different dynamics into the mix that necessarily weren't desired. You know what I'm saying? The thing is, he's still been there and he's still been in my life. He's still in my life to this day. And uh, he and my mom are still married. And, you know, I just talked to him not long, long ago before this um this interview 
but because of that the, the, the disease of addiction you know it, it brought some situations that you know honestly allowed me to see life from a different angle you know what i'm saying and so right. a lot of times when you grow up in a situation that's perfect you don't have the opportunity to develop empathy and understanding for people who are dealing with various challenges and circumstances because you don't experience that and so right, right. at times i can look at the situation of growing up you know in that particular environment as a blessing because it gave me empathy and understanding but then it also helped me to understand addiction and for me to get to a place in which you hate the disease of addiction not the person and it took me a long time to get there because growing up when you don't really unpack it you get to the point in which you start to hate the individual or you start to have mm. issues with the individual and that is a challenge because the reality is addiction is a is a disease and so for me it's it's, it's been literally it's taken me decades to get to a point in which I understood it and part of it was the fact that I started to unpack his situation and his growing up and the fact that you know he dealt with trauma you know as a kid that was never you know that was never handled you know they never right. did therapy they never you know had outlets and so to that point his outlet was you know substance at the time substances at the time and so to that point it gave me an understanding of the need to heal from trauma the need to heal from issues because unhealed issues lead to potential you know negative decisions on the back mm. end because you take healing into your own hands right? yes. or so-called healing again it, it's, it's taken a long time to get to a point in which i fully understood the the full ramifications of it because as a kid growing up you just get mad you know, you're right. just upset. You're just angry. You're like, well, why are you not here? Or why are you not there? Or whatever. And um, but then when I look back on it, I, I understand it and I have empathy and there's always love there. You know what I'm saying? And we have a relationship and it gives me understanding, but it also has prepared me to interact with understand and have empathy for other individuals that I encounter throughout life because nobody's perfect. You know what I'm right. saying? I'm not perfect myself. You know, we all have issues. We might not have the same issues, but we all have issues. And so that being said, again, my dad's in my life. He's been there. He's been a been a force in my life. But again, there were challenges. And uh, and I will say the other part to it was my mom was always very instrumental in keeping very strong, positive role models around my brothers and I. And so we mm -hmm. always had, you know, a grand my grandfather and we had uncles and Boy Scout leaders and leaders in the church and neighbors and coaches. I mean, we always had, you know, a plethora of brothers around. And so for me, I see the value of the community as well. So I see this village principle. I see the nuclear family principle. I see the potential, you know, Cosby show situation. But then I also see the, the, the ramifications of addiction. So I've seen all of that. And that's all kind of mixed up to bring you who I am to this day which to me is this individual who's not perfect but I have empathy and understanding based off of my experience yes yes I 100% agree I think you said something before earlier when you said because you went through that you, you have a tough skin now mm -hmm. you have a better understanding of it and when, when we when we were uh, children and especially me I mean I'm going through my experience myself, myself with my father 
I, I, I always trying to figure out why it didn't happen. Why didn't this happen? Why or if, or if, 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 if. Uh-huh. And I think when you said this, it actually it, it, it lit up something in my brain where it says that, you know what? I might say I'm glad I went through it, but because I went through this, yes. I have a better understanding. Uh-huh. I, have a, I have a stronger shield. I have a better tough skin towards, towards these things. So if you approach me, I know how to deal with it. Or if somebody's dealing with it, I know how to approach them. Uh, properly because again when you have these kind of exposures it forces you to understand it forces you to to see a different perspective because you went through these things uh-huh. you are you are able to like have sympathy for somebody else uh-huh. well i would say empathy empathy empathy, empathy. yeah but because and the thing is though you have to also seek understanding because your natural reaction is to not understand your natural reaction is to be pissed off Right, it's to be mm-hmm. mad, it's to be, you know what, I can't stand this dude, whatever. That's your natural reaction because you know that that's just us, that's how we're wired. But the moment that you decide to be intentional on why am I mad, or better mm-hmm. yet, why is this situation here? Is it just because this is a bad person? Is this just because somebody doesn't love me? And when you start to weed that back and you start to peel those layers back, you start to understand that you know what, it's not because this is a bad person. This is not because this person doesn't want to not be responsible. This is not because this person just doesn't want to do this or do that. There were some other issues here. And then when you go really deep, you start to pull back the layers and realize what were the catalysts or what was the catalyst to Mm -hmm. all of this stuff. And that's where you start to develop empathy because you no longer become mad at the individual. You come become mad at the the situation that led to the decisions of this individual. You know what I'm saying? And right, so again, right. th- there's still personal responsibility there, but it gives you understanding. And so, and it goes back to what you just mentioned there. As you face other challenges in life, it opens up this window for you to be better prepared to deal with those challenges or deal with those circumstances or deal with those characters who might not necessarily be directly in line with who you are and how you live your life. Right. Right, right, and and like you said before, it's an experience that you're going through, but you also have to be um, intentional with just like making a change or be different. Yes, yes. You know, you have to just say, oh, you know what? I I, I see my brother went through this. I see my uncle went through this. I see mm-hmm. my siblings are going through this. How can I be different? That's or, it. You know, or uh, let me understand the situation so I won't go through it. You know, what I'm saying it's just it is a, a, a level. Of, uh, it's you have to reach a level in your life and just say and stop pointing fingers. And say, mm-hmm. okay, what can I do to change that dynamic? What can I do to be different? And oh. Again, it's a, it's a stage in your life that you have to come to. And again, I can I think I need to say not everybody's able to come to that term because mm-hmm. everybody has this tendency, like you said before, is to just say, why me? Why me? Or you didn't? Mm-hmm. Or I don't understand? Or or, or if or if? But mm-hmm. if you come to that term where you're just saying, you know what? I I I understand the situation. It is not my fault. The hand that uh, the person was dealt with during that time, that was their time. The reason uh-huh. why my father acted the way he did was because the situation that he was in, the environment uh-huh. that he was in, the situation that uh, allowed him to do these things. So I'm, I can't I can't fault him uh-huh. for not doing these things. All I can do is right now is live in the moment. I can say, you know what? What happened in the past is in the past. Absolutely. All I can do right now is have a relationship with you now. Uh-huh. That's it. Now is all we have. I mean, you have to think about it. The past, in, from an economic perspective, the past is a sunk cost. You know what I'm saying? Like it's water under the bridge and the future is unknown. You know, yes, we can we can think we can predict and we can plan and we can hope for certain outcomes. 
right? And it's probability that certain outcomes might be the result. But the reality is we don't know what tomorrow holds. All we have is the moment. So what are you doing in the moment? And that's where that's where we have agency. We have mm-hmm. control over right now and um, how we respond to right now. We don't even always have control over right now. We have control over how we respond to right now. I mean, yes. Take the, the you know the current situation that we're all in right now with the COVID nineteen and all of that. We can't control COVID nineteen, but we can control how we respond to right. the situation. So, right. or the social, you know, the injustices that are going on from a racial perspective. We can't control what's going on, but we can control how we respond to those things. Yes, that's beautiful. Yes, absolutely agree. All right. So, how is the dynamic between you and your dad? You know, again, like I said, it's taken a while for me to get to a place of healing and understanding. But the moment that I got to that place, it's like, I'm good. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, and, and so he and I have a good relationship. Like I mentioned, not long before this call, he and I just text back and forth. And, you know, we talked a couple of times earlier today and, you know, they just came to visit us like two weeks ago. I mean, like I said, we, we have a good relationship. And again, it goes back to what we just talked about a second ago. It's about being in the moment. You know, Mm -hmm. happened in the past. You know what? That's water under the bridge. We cannot do anything about it. And tomorrow's not promised. But what do we have right now? And again, for me, after going through this healing process of really deep diving into, you know, what were the causal factors behind, you know, some of the addictions and things of that sort, like it, it gave me understanding and it makes me just really just to to really have more love because i'm just like Mm -hmm. man had i been placed in those situations how would i have responded right didn't have outlets and therapy and this or that i mean it's so so yeah so to that point you know he and i do have a solid relationship now and you know he's a great grandfather to to my kids and you know my brothers and all have a good relationship with him i mean so we're you know it's a good thing man and like i said i'm i'm blessed to i'm blessed to have my father in my life Beautiful, beautiful. And you said you have you have um uh, with your kids right now that you just mentioned right now, mm-hmm. um and you know that's generation that's like a second generation, third generation. Mm-hmm. Um, so looking at your kids right now, right, their behavior, their personality traits, and the way that their character is going um growing up, do you find that you there is some characteristics in you that you find in your dad and maybe even your kids? <clears throat> Interesting. You know, it's funny. <laughs> my dad is my dad's kind of a know it all. Right. Like he's, you know, kind of, you know, he, he kind of knows everything. And at times I can find myself being a know it all. Right. Mm. Like and, and it's funny because I see that in myself. And it's funny, the thing about yourself that you see in someone else, a lot of times is a thing that's most aggravating to you. Right. Mm. So that part of him aggravates me. I'm like, dude, you don't know. <laughs> but then when I look in the mirror and think I'm like my wife always kind of gets me on like dude you don't know everything right <laughs> but then it's funny i see that play out in my two little ones my little girl and my little boy my my nine-year-old daughter morgan and my seven-year-old son maxwell like will um <laughs> you know they they have a little a tinge of the know-it-all inside of them and so mm. and that frustrates me but then i have to pause and think that man what's frustrating me about that is the fact that <laughs> <laughs> I'm hearing and or seeing myself, you know, in them. And so it's a reflection, right? This is my reflection 100%, brother. <laughs> <laughs> 
it, there's some of these things you can't even you can't even fight because I mean one is genetic and two there's these things is just like it's in you you really mm-hmm. cannot you can't you can't even no matter how hard you try let's say you're you're you never met your dad mm-hmm. still today even if you didn't meet him there's a lot of characters in you yes that 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 will will show even the way you talk the way you mm-hmm. act the way you carry yourself the way you treat other people yes and I'm pretty sure as soon as you meet your dad you'd be like whoa that's me man like I never uh-huh. knew. That's where it came from. Even still, still right now, I'm, I, whenever I, I talk to my dad, I'm listening to him. Or whenever I see him, I, I look at him and I, I'm trying to, I'm trying to absorb as much as I can before he passes away. I'm not saying he's gone, but you know, I, I just want to absorb as much as I can because I want to see what is in him that is in me still. You know, Ooh, what is deep. in him that I that I want to, I want to capitalize on. Like, what what has he done or doing that I want to do better at? You know, I may have that characteristic, but I want to do better at it. You you know, what's interesting about that. Just hearing you talk about it, it's also you taking a look into the future in some way, shape or form. And so, like we just mentioned, you know, all we have is a moment. The past is done. We don't know what the future holds. But when we look at our parents, we can see a little glimpse of what the future may hold. You know what I'm saying? And so Mm -hmm. I think that's another thing that you know I, I think a lot of us really want to grab onto it's just like wow i want to study you because mm-hmm. you know i am you in some way shape or form and pieces of me that are mom and dad you know what and some of me is my own self but the thing is when i look at my father there are pieces of him that are me and so mm-hmm. to that point you want to study that because you're just like okay wow is this gonna be me okay mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and then i guess you know the good stuff you're like okay i can dig that you know but then on the stuff that maybe it's so great you're like okay maybe i need to head this off by adjusting this so that 30 years from now you know i don't have that you know you know it's just like i, I think it's like a glimpse into the future you're like a fast forward so to speak right right mm-hmm. and I, I was when i first was doing this podcast i was looking up questions to just you know questions that a son or a daughter should ask the question and one thing that really stuck stuck out um, was was um, to sit down <clears throat> as a son or as a daughter to t- sit down and to ask your dad tell me your story uh-huh. tell me how you were able to overcome whatever obstacle that you went through tell me your story about your life like tell me how you and mom got together like you know what I'm saying just uh-huh. the history of your parents and when you do that you learn so much yes yes from from the upbringing you learn so much from uh, your personality you learn so much from who you are because everything about that person helped made you who you are right now and continue yes. propelling you forward so when you sit down and you talk to your dad or you talk to your mom your parents you learn learn so much more and i mm-hmm. always encourage that and i highly encourage that even still today my father i can sit down all i gotta do is sit down and just let him let him just um let him tell me his story the mm-hmm. stuff that he went when he was a teenager when he was uh, running around when he was just like 10 15 30 years old in comparison to the age that i'm in right now i'm like dad what if i wasn't his shit, would i be doing the same thing mm. or am i gonna do better you know what i'm saying like it depends it's but interesting. listening to the story helped me understand who he is as a uh, as a person a whole lot more a whole mm. lot easier that's deep and i will tell you man that's something um you know my last grandmother passed away in october of this past year and so to october 2019 she was 92 right mm. but she was 92 and she had her full mental faculty right mm. like literally she could tell you about stuff when she was 12 and 13 years old and growing up and how she remembered this and remembered that 
and fascinating stories man and so to that point it's literally this whole concept of passing down generational information that is not always captured so the beauty of you and I doing podcasts and you know writing books and doing blogs and you know doing interviews on various platforms and things of that sort we are in essence creating you know a tale or creating a, a, a you know a documentation or we're creating artifacts so to speak that our kids and our grandkids and great grandkids for generations to come can go and archive and want to know like well what did dad think about granddad or what did dad think about this or when dad and mom traveled to so-and-so what were their thoughts on this i mean we're documenting all of that and archiving it for our kids so we, I, there's still an importance to sitting down and having those conversations because you're building community and relationships that way. But the other part to it is which, you know, the generations prior to us, especially like our grandparents, but, you know, even our parents, a lot of them didn't really have documented information that could get passed down. Mm-hmm. You know, you might have some family tree information and maybe some Polaroid pictures here or there and some picture albums. But the reality is that's it. Whereas our generation on, we're going to have, you're going to be, you know, put it this way. Our great, 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 great grandkids are going to be able to hear our voices. Yes. You ever think about that? You know, 10 generations from now, they're going to be able to hear our voices, see our images, see videos of us playing with their great, 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 great grandparents, which are our kids now. You know what I'm Mm. saying? They're going to, those things are being captured now. And so... It's going to take the guesswork out of, you know, I wonder what my great great grandparents were doing when they were my age. Right. You know what I'm saying? Aside from some potential stories or, you know, some stories that were passed down that we don't know if they were true or not, our kids, I mean, think about that. Our kids are going to be able to look at an image, look at a picture, look at a video, listen to hours upon hours of dialogue of their 10th great grandfather doing interviews with some dude down in Tennessee. <laughs> you know, think about, I mean, like, it's, it's, it's a fascinating phenomenon. It's a beautiful thing, man. It's a beautiful it is. thing. And, I, and I, I think about it so much. Like, I mean, when I'm, as I grew up, I'm thinking about my mom and I'm thinking about myself. My mom didn't have any Polaroids. I didn't, she didn't have anything. Mm-hmm. None, of, none of that. And it's hard to come up, up with pictures of my mom when she was young, when she was younger. Because she didn't have that. She didn't have the privilege of having a camera. She didn't have the privilege mm-hmm. of taking pictures and storing it and, you know, and then uh, uh, bringing it up again for her, her kids. She doesn't have that. Now I'm bringing it back to myself. Growing up myself, I didn't have that. But now mm-hmm. I'm looking at my son. He has all that plus. Mm-hmm. He has videos. He has um, pictures. He has podcasts. He has all that mm-hmm. stuff at his hand. So um, if I'm not here, when I'm not here, I can say, he can literally reflect on these things and say, yes. I, need to, I need to listen to my dad's voice. Let me listen yeah, to the podcast. Man. Dude, do we know how, like, because you think about, I mean, you go back to like the like the old African traditions of, you know, sitting under the baobab tree and, you know, the elders will sit around and tell you stories about the history and the journeys and the this and the that. You know, that was like oral traditions that were passed down. But the thing is, without the elders to do so, there was no tradition to get passed down. Mm-hmm. Now, whether the elders are present or not, those traditions are getting passed down because we're able to capture right. and, you know, capture and save and, and disseminate this information. It's a powerful right. thing, brother. Like you just say, it's a beautiful thing. 
<laughs> it's, it's beautiful. It is beautiful. I'm, and yes. I, again, I'm thinking about it right now. I'm just like, man, I can only imagine just like listening to my dad. If that was my, if that was me, listen, listen to my, envision it as my son listening to me. But I'm thinking yes. about my dad. If I had the chance to just see my dad and he's prime, see my dad when he was just like age 24, 25 years old. Yes. Like his tone, his posture, the way he, his demeanor, yes. the way he carries some, all that stuff. If I was able to like, like I can, I can, I can tangibly see and mm. touch these things, it would be so much of an essence. I could say, man, that is exactly who I am. That is exactly how my brother is. That is exactly wow. how my sister is. It's, it's it's such a fascinating fact, and I mean, because you're making me, it's like chills just went down my spine thinking. It's just <laughs> like I would love to be able to sit down and listen to my grandparents or my great grandparents, you know, have conversations. Like I would love to be able to just pull up an audio or video and listen to my great great grandparents, you know, have conversations, even if it was not about anything, but just right. to hear to hear their voice, to hear how they communicate, to see a video of how they carry themselves when they walked across the room. You know what I'm saying? Like those things, and it's just like we look at now what we have at our fingertips and the abilities, it's like, it, it's such a blessed time to be alive. I know we have a lot of challenges going on and a lot of people will lean to the negative, but when we lean to the positive side of it and realize that man, in the midst of all of these challenges, you know, social justice and racial injustice and the, you know, the, the COVID-19, all of these things, there are still so, there's still so many of opportunities for us to capitalize on. And we have every reason to walk forward in purpose and make an impact and leave a legacy so that our kids, kids, kids mm. will have something to, um, you know, to, to fall back on and, and, and to listen to and to connect with and to learn from. Yes, yes. Yeah. Now, speaking of legacy, speaking of mm -hmm. legacy, and that's, that is pretty much what we, you and I are doing right now, leaving mm -hmm. a legacy behind. Yes. Now, um, that, now, looking back into your, um, your dad and his experience and your experience with him, what would you say is the greatest lesson that you learned from him? Man, you know, the biggest thing that I can tell you about my father is he is resourceful. Like um, the biggest thing that I've gained from my father is learning how to be resourceful. Like he's the type of dude that doesn't need to have everything laid out perfect, but he can take a little bit of that, a little bit of this, mix them together, find this thing over here, put it with that, and he can figure out a way to make something work, right? Mm -hmm. And I find that in myself, you know, a prime example, you know, I'm like the primary cook in our house. Like I like to cook, you know, cooking is relaxing for me. Right. And so my wife and actually my little kids will come in the refrigerator, they'll open the refrigerator. They're like, daddy, there's nothing in here. We don't have anything to eat. And I'm like, okay, y'all give me 30 minutes. <laughs> and then next thing you know, I whip something up because I'm, you know, a leftover piece of this and a something of that and something and I'll make some rice for this and I'll add this to it. And next thing you know, we'll have this meal and they're like, where did you find all of this? I'm like, mm -hmm. it was sitting right there. Mm -hmm. And to me, the, that's a little characteristic that I pull from my dad. He's that type of dude who has the ability to be resourceful and to make things work. But what's funny about it is he, my grandfather was the same, his father. Like mm -hmm. my granddad was the one, like every time we used to go to his house, he was always back there fixing something and repairing something and, you know, reusing something or using something for a different purpose. It was always this resourcefulness. You know what I'm saying? And so that was something that was passed down to him. 
from his generation, you know, he, that was a guy who grew up in the, the Great Depression and got drafted in the World War II and was a farmer, you know, from the country and, you know, did his thing. So they didn't have all the nicest stuff. So they had to learn how to make stuff work. You know what I'm saying? And so those tendencies passed down to my dad and he learned how to make stuff work. You know what I'm saying? And figure out how to make do with what you got and mix this and mix that. And next thing you know, you got this awesome thing here. My dad was able to do that. And that's something that I've pulled from him. And it's funny with my two kids, my little boy is very similar to that. Hmm. Like he literally you know, my little girl's one that needs a little bit more things, a little bit more put together. My son, you know, you tell him, hey, just go find something to play with. You know, he might have a glove from this outfit, you know, a broken drumstick and one shoe on and something else. And he's playing a game <laughs> in the room with all these broken pieces. You know what I'm saying? He's, he's able he's able to be creative and figure out a way to make it work. And so, again, it goes back to what you mentioned earlier about how things pass down mm -hmm. and sometimes they're not even taught. It's like this genetic gene lineage passed down thing that happens. And, um, and unbeknownst to us, it happens, you know. Mm -hmm. so, so to me, that's the, the biggest thing for my dad is literally learning how to be resourceful and to make things work, you know, no matter what it is you have with you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, that's that's great, and and, and even with my dad, I, I I there's so many. I like I like when he he sits down and tells me, "Look, I need to tell you this. L listen." And that's when I'm like, "Okay, this is gonna be a lesson learned." <laughs> uh -huh. Bring out your notepad, you know what I'm saying? And those things that he tell me, I don't even need to write it down. It just sticks to my brain, and mm. I love those moments when he's just like, "It's a teachable moment." Yep. He just tell me to just like, "Okay, just listen," and his tone changes, posture change. And in and when he speaks, he speaks directly to me, and I I can tell that he's envisioning what he's saying before he say it, so mm -hmm. I can understand and get it directly. And I love that moment when he just tell me, "Look, if I were you, well, when I was your age, I did this, this, this and that. Mm -hmm. As you're growing up, you are in a better state than I am, or than I was. So I need you to start doing this. So I did this. I want you to be different. I want you to act different. Mm -hmm. And once he tell me these things, it just like it sticks to me." I mm. love getting lessons from people. I was ever since I was young, I always hang, like to hang around older people because I feel like they had more to give. I, I had more to gain from them. So whenever I was whenever I would go out, even go to the church, mm. I would sit down and listen to the elders and just talk mm. about the Bible and listen listen to the scriptures. And I, I fell in love with that. And I always loved being around adults because I feel like they had they had so much to give and I had so much to learn. And mm. that's the only person that I can get that from. I can't learn that from my peers because they haven't learned that yet. Mm. But I've always been attracted to that because I love not I love learning new things. I love gaining new knowledge from um other people's experiences. That's why I love doing this podcast because I, li I like to listen and hear somebody's experience, yes. hear your challenges, hear your obstacles. But yet you made it. You're here. You're mm -hmm. able to go through these things, and you're here. And I I I I want to hear that story. Mm. I've always loved ever since I was young. I always loved doing that. So this is definitely just like uh, something I'll enjoy doing for a long time. I just now just going just recording it. Every mm. time I go out with someone, I'm like, look, tell me your story. How did you become who you become? Mm. Because everybody went through an obstacle. Everybody went through a hurdle, but you made it. How did you make it? And how are you, how are you transferring that to the next generation? Ooh, that's deep. I love it. I'm, I'm the same way. I love stories. You know, I love stories. I love the, the why. I love the journey. I love the twists and turns, the nooks and crannies. I love all of that because 
to me, that helps to give you context. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times, you know, I was thinking about a concept the other day. Islam, and the whole concept is you need to always make room for nuance, but you need to not make any room for complication. And to me, nuance is predicated on context, right? Because everybody, you can't just say everybody does this or each group does this. There's nuance, and that nuance is predicated on context. And to me, the context comes from the story. Because when you hear somebody's story, then it's like, oh, now I get it. You know what I'm saying? And and so to your point, like, that's why there's a lot of issues in society is because we're such a microwave society. Everything's a headline. Everything's a one-off thing and a who made this quote or they take one line from a 30-minute speech and use that and, you know, whatever Mm -hmm. it is. And the problem is... Yes, that line might be incendiary or that line might be hurtful, but if you didn't get the 15 minutes prior to it, you didn't get the context because that right. context would have then helped you to understand that, oh, that sounds this way, but it was meant for something else. That's mm-hmm. the nuance. And that nuance comes from the context, which comes from the stories. And so to me, I'm always one who's really a big fan of stories because that then gives me the understanding or gives me the opportunity to fully understand so that I can approach something in a way that that is honest and Mm -hmm. that is not quick to judge because, you know, that's when we get in trouble. You know, we hear one line and we're just like, this person is this. I'm like, whoa, 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 Mm -hmm. pause. Let me hear some backstory. Let's see what happened. What led up to that? You know, what was the reason behind this or that? And then I'm more informed, you know, in my decision making. So and I think that comes back to the whole concept of being interested in stories and because it gives you context. Yes, 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 yes. If you had the chance at any given time, let's say your dad was in front of you right now and you had anything that you wanted to tell him, what would it be? I would simply just say I love you. Mm. Like, like real talk, like that's, you know, love is something that is, um, and, 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 you know, as a guy, you know, saying it to guys, you know, it, it becomes challenging, you know what I'm saying? Until you have a son, until you have mm-hmm. a kid, you know, it's, it becomes easy then. But, you know, even growing up, you know, it's, you know, you don't, you feel somewhat uncomfortable, like, dad, I love you. You know, it's just like, you're kind of uncomfortable. But when you start to really understand what love is. You know, the whole concept of love is patient, love is kind, you know, love doesn't boast, you know, love is commitment. You know, it's that whole thing of you don't have to always like, mm-hmm. but you, you should love. And so right. for me, it's I love you. That would be the that would literally be just if I had to tell one thing, it's like, hey, hey, dude, I love you. You know, and mm-hmm. I mean, I say it now, you know, when when we talk, but that's it. Like, that's that's it, because I think that in itself is the core of it all like i think mm-hmm. if you start with love you can work through any issue and um yeah i just think so for me it would just be simple just yo i love you nice 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 yeah it's 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 just it's just a three simple words mm-hmm. but you know if it's not something that you used to say it's not something that you're you grew up hearing especially like again for me from a caribbean parent we mm-hmm. felt it in the house we knew it was there mm-hmm. but to 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 audibly say i love you it was not something that we, that we grew up in we had to learn how to say these things not to say i wouldn't know it it just wasn't there but it's it's such 
it's such a powerful word. Like you said, if you start with love, everything else can just like iron out by itself. Uh-huh. Everything else will just like will, will, will flow a whole lot easier. But I hundred percent, hundred percent agree. Let's talk about dadhood. Okay. Uh, tell me about dadhood. Man, I love it, man. It's um, you know, being a father is is challenging, um, but it's fun. You know, I, I tell any guy, to, any guy who's a about to be a dad, I'm so you know, I always say that you're gonna be ready and not ready at the same time. Like that's that's life. Like you're gonna be ready and not ready at the same time. You're prepared yet totally unprepared at the same time all the time. Like there's, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's this um. It's a, it's a beautiful experience that is really hard to encapsulate in words because you have to go through it. You know, it's like, and I think that's probably the best way to explain it. You know, fatherhood is this thing that to fully understand it, you have to go through it. Because when you sit in a room with other dads, you can just kind of give the look and everybody understands exactly what's going on. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so, yeah. so it, it's fun, man. Like our kids are nine and seven now and uh, they're really coming into their own from a personality perspective um it is again it's like no day is exactly the same there's always something new um you know it can go from zero to a hundred back to zero in the span of 48 seconds um (laughs) (laughs) you know it's um but but it's awesome man i would not trade it for anything i mean marriage and being a father man i just you know this is it's been everything and more than than is, is you know what I expected. Great, great. So and and while you were growing up and um, uh, dating and becoming a, a husband and you know becoming a dad that you are right now, do you did you have any, any uh, perspective or uh, vision of what kind of dad you wanted to be? And do you think you're that person now? Man, you know, honestly, dude, I just knew growing up I wanted to be a great father at some point you know as a kid you know and part of that was because you know again growing up with the challenge of you know having a father who struggled with the disease of addiction you know it makes you want to it it gives you the the side of things that you don't want your parent your kids and spouse to have to experience you know what I'm saying Mm -hmm. so that one side of it but then you know but then again like I said I I love my dad you know he, he is there you know and then I also had other examples of you know great leaders and and men in my life as well and so to that point i had like this plethora of examples and i could pull from a lot of them but i just knew that in my heart i wanted to be a solid dude you know i wanted to be a great husband i knew i wanted to be a great father um to kids at some point and am i living up to that expectation you know honestly i don't know you know i think it's like a hard question because um you I guess you can do the whole I dream that I'll be doing this and have all these different metrics or whatever and you know and I think that's hard to kind of put into present time because in 1992 what I thought would be a good dad is totally different than you know being a good dad in 2020 to an extent aside from the you know being present and loving and protecting providing and all of that stuff but um so I, I don't know if I'm living up to, you know, the expectation. I just know that, you know, I'm in the moment. I love it. And uh, I want to be better at it tomorrow than I am today. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's an ongoing process. And I, I've said this in the podcast before and I'm going to see it again. Is that, um, you know what? There is no guidelines. There is no book to read mm-hmm. that's going to prepare you 
to become a dad. Like you said before, you know, it is a journey that you got to take. Mm-hmm. You know, you can look at other people's examples and see what you can you can capitalize on. But once you become a dad, it is different for each and every child, each and every person that that goes through it. And I I encourage you, and I always encourage where if you're not ready to be a dad, if you're not mentally ready to be a dad, when you become a dad, it's going to be a problem. It's going to be a problem for you because now you're not ready for that change. You're not ready to take on that challenge. And I'm not saying it's not it's not going to be able to be done. I'm just saying it's going because you're not mentally there, mm. you're not ready to grow. And if you're not ready to grow, anybody or anything that comes your way is going to be a problem. It's going to be a nuisance. It's going to be like I I'm not ready for this. I can't do this. So I'm going to run away from it. And that's 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 something that I see with a lot of people that are that, that are close to me. Um uh my uncles and aunts or uh brothers and sisters. I see like if you're not mentally ready there, even if you wanted to child, if you're not mentally ready to grow as a person when you get married, if you're not a person to uh if you're not mentally ready to grow when you have a child, then all this stuff is going to be a problem for you. You're not going to grow. If you're not going to grow, you're only going to cause more pain to yourself and the person that's around you. That's why I always encourage before you do anything, you got to you got you got to start up there. You got to start in your head first. Change in your head first and then it it will, it will comes out um uh, uh externally. So anybody that's going to be a dad or want to be a dad as looking for to be a dad I always say look right now you need to be in a state of mind where it's not about you and if that child doesn't come if a child comes into your life and it doesn't change you physically and emotionally there is something wrong there that you got to have to go back and say okay what is this why is this changing why do i feel this certain way or why do i want to continue being a bad boy a player that I I wanted to be cuz once you have a child for me at least personally for me once I had a child it changed almost everything in me for the better mm-hmm. I wanted to do better I wanted to do better I had to do better cuz I knew what I wanted to be as a child I knew what I I I I endured and I I I deliberately said I never want my child to go through this and I want to give yeah. him better I want to do better for him and I want to continue pushing to do better that's what all this stuff that I'm doing right now it's not only for me Mm-hmm. for the future or he can see what I'm doing and again reflect back on say okay let me flip back on this to dad let me see how strong mind my dad was let me see how driven he was he was able to do a podcast he was able to write a book he was able to travel all that stuff i could do it too not only i could do it i'm going to capitalize and do it better mm. and i've always encouraged i want my son to do a whole lot more than i'm doing Absolutely. i'm pushing myself now but i need to do, i want him to do more that's it i want my own mind to be better than me yeah. i don't care how great you know i am to them because my thing is it's not about being great to the world it's about you know you know part of my affirmation is you know i am the husband that my wife needs but then i also say i am the father that my children need right so whatever that is i want to be that for my son and my daughter and i want my son to be better than me as a father meaning he takes what i do and he builds upon that as he becomes a father later in life but on the flip side my daughter i want her to aspire to you know find a husband who embodies more than the things that i bring to the table you know it's like i want to set the platform for them to then stand upon and then build you know what i'm saying and, and it's not putting myself down or setting like crazy expectations it's just the whole concept of improvement you know what i'm saying escalating this thing you know throughout the generations yes 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 and it's and, and speaking of your uh, your child i know you have two a boy and a girl which is mm-hmm. great um and just looking back on it right now 
Can you describe the the moment that you met your son and your daughter? Hmm. The moment that I met. So my daughter was the oldest. So she was, you know, she's nine. And I remember the moment that she was born. It was um, it was just a beautiful moment, man. Like I, I was involved in the process, cutting the umbilical cord, and you know, and just the fact of holding something in your arms that you see yourself in. That that was that was a that's a powerful moment you know what i'm saying like you i've ne- you know you, you've, i've never had a feeling like that before like other things that you can see oh you look kind of like this person but you're actually holding a person that you can see the nose look like yours or their eyes look like yours or their feet look like your i mean oh my gosh and that applies to both of my kids it's like it's such an amazing feat and um, but then it's also such a great responsibility because you are responsible without a doubt for this little being that is in your care and um, so it, it's a powerful moment but then there's also a scary moment at times too because you're just like this is such an awesome responsibility but those moments man they're just it was beautiful man like I it's just it's beautiful I, that's that's the only way I can put it it was beautiful I lumped them both into the same because you know the experience was identical it's like when you hold them you know when I held him it was the same thing you see yourself into a being like you see right. your characteristics physically into a child that your wife just gave birth to that you just watched that you participated in by cutting the umbilical cord you know what I mean it's yeah, man, it's 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 a it's, it's a powerful moment, man. It's a beautiful thing. It's mm. a it's a beautiful thing, and it it, it 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 allows you to be vulnerable. It allows you to be just. It breaks all barriers down. Yep. And when, my, when I first saw my son, I was just when I first saw my son. First of all, I was scared to see him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was scared to turn around to see him, and my wife had to tell me a couple of times, "He's here, like he's mm-hmm. right here." Turn around. This is your son, like, I, and, and she had to me several times. And mind you, she's the one that's she's she's, <laughs> she's the one that's uh, that had uh, a surgery, and she's still telling me turn around, turn around. And the moment that I turn around, like, all the floodgates open. Yep, yep. <laughs> floodgates open. Emotion, everything. I was just like, oh my god, this is he's here. You know what I'm saying like he's here, and he let out this cry. Still today, still today, I it resonates in my ears. Mm. He let out this cry. And I hear it. Anytime I hear it, it's so comforting. It's so warm. It's so like, like the first time I actually heard my son, the first time he cried, I heard my son. I'm like, this is my son. This is part mm-hmm. of me. This is part of me. Like I am responsible for you right now. Mm-hmm. I am respond. I am. I, this is who I am supposed to uh, cater to and supposed to like carry on and, and do everything and within my power to to help out. This is the person that God anoints me with. Like mm-hmm. this is amazing. Like, you don't it's understand. Real. Like I'm just like, yo, this is this is this is amazing. This is a beautiful thing. And this is the kind of experience that I, I, I look forward to having each and every time. I have one kid right now, you know, God willing, whenever we have another child, that's the same experience that I look forward to having. And I I, I absolutely love that moment. And I continue reflecting on that when he just cried. Mm. Just like it literally broke down every single barrier within that within me. Mm. It's real, man. Love it. Yeah, I, I actually love it. <laughs> and speaking of lesson, I know I, said, I, I spoke some lesson before about your your dad that you taught uh, that taught you. 
Um, and what some, what are some lessons that your kids taught you? My lessons my kids have taught me. Well, they're they're teaching me currently. Um, you know, I would say definitely patience. Um, you know, that's something. That's one of the things that I struggle with. I struggle with patience at times. You know, and so my kids are teaching me patience because you cannot rush being a kid. You know, it, you just can't do it. You cannot rush the process. And so to that point, they're teaching me patience. They're forcing me to slow down. I might want to hurry up and get something done and go here and go there and hurry up and put your clothes on. Just run out the door real quick. And, you know, it might not go that fast. One of them might have an issue tying their shoes or they might have to go to the bathroom or they might have to, you know, <laughs> go and do this or do that or have an accident somewhere. It's it like literally they teach me patience um but then they also teach me to let go and just to relax at times you know because sometimes you know i get high strung and worked up about things but for them you know they just they want to play they want to be safe they want to feel loved they want to have fun um that's what they want to do you know what i'm saying and so it forces you to do that just today it was raining and so as soon as we got home from school, you know, they wanted to, uh, they didn't even take their backpacks in the house. They dropped them in the garage, went, got on their bikes to start riding through uh, the rain puddles. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just in the moment, like little things like that, you just can't, you can't script. You know what I'm saying? In life. And so they're teaching me to, to live in the moment, man, to be patient, to live in the moment. But then the other part to it is, it's just the realization that we have a short window with them. You know, I, I did an episode a while back and the whole concept was, you know, our kids are in essence a 20 year long term lease. Yes. If you really think about it, they're give or take a year or two. Our kids are a 20 year long term lease as it pertains to actual parenting, because after that point, you pretty much are just an advisor or, or consultant for your kids. You know, you're not parenting them. So you really have 20 years to parent your kids. And after that, you're just an advisor. And so my kids are nine and seven now. You know, I'm pushing up on the halfway point. And so when you start to think about that, it makes you want to pause everything and just be in the moment. It's like, you know what, we'll pick everything else up in life, you know, later on. But right now, I'm going to enjoy these this next you know 10 to 12 years that i have y'all in the house because i know there's going to be a point or a time in which you're going off to college or you're moving away to start a business or you're going to you know international whatever to you know trek across other countries or whatever you're going to do but i know there's going to be a time in which you're going to leave and because of that i want to relish these moments and so they're forcing me to be present to be in the moment but then also to kind of let go and just um just enjoy yes yes and uh i i absolutely agree with the point that you just said before you know what um that's a great lesson to learn from your from your or continue learning from your your children is mm -hmm. how to how to live in the moment you know yep. taking taking and take in the moment take that time and just like uh, absorb it because you, again i've i've said it before where you never you're never going to get it back because once it's mm -hmm. passed it's done because i know myself i have the tendency to just like overwork myself um, mm -hmm. To a point where my wife had to tell me, take a break, you know, take a day off. And even when my day off, I'm like, what, what, what am I going to do? She was like, I don't know, work on a podcast, work on something that's mm -hmm. up for you, take the kids to the park. Like, this is the kind of stuff that she's, she's, she's telling me. And even with my son, um, 
he literally sometimes had to make me think twice. Okay, do I really need to just like continue doing this? Do I really need to get upset about certain uh, certain things? Um, and he would just look at me and just again that that look where it just like most melts every worries away, saying like why? Because yeah. as an adult, as adults, we just want to just like we want to rush. Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. Because we experienced it, we've done, th- we went through this, and we want to just like get over it and just like move on. Whereas kids, it's just like the world is my playground. Why am I rushing? I can yeah. go literally in my room and I have hours upon hours. I can go into the bathtub and have hours and upon hours. I can go in the living room. I can go with my mom. Everything is a joy for them, you know? And, I, and this is reflect back to what the Bible said. You have to be childlike to enter the Ooh, kingdom I, of heaven. I, I was going to go drag. I was going to ask you the same question. Does the Bible say to be adult-like or does it say to be childlike? Childlike. In order for you to reach the kingdom of heaven, you got to be childlike. And, that's, and that, that put me into that mind frame where why am I so, why do I need to be like so, so caught up on like, I have to, I have to, or we don't financial and then we don't have this and I'm not working. We got like, it's so much I put on myself at time where I'm just like, oh, I'm overwhelmed myself. I'm just like, this is too much. And I have yeah. to take a step back and say, look, your son is in front of you. He's asking you a question. You don't even hear it. Because you're so caught up on yourself. So I have to take a step back and say, okay, what is it that you want? Okay, fine. Let's put the computer down. It's just going to be you and I. Oh, you want this? No problem. Because, again, once those moments are gone, you cannot take it back. You cannot take it back. We we have to sometimes take a step back and be sometimes we got to be like children. And that's the reason for me I can honestly say I, I appreciate that about my wife. Where we can be kids in each other's eyes. We can be... Uh, immature with each other we can be that person and I love that because we, we playful we do all, all sorts of stuff and she allowed me to do that and I allow her to do that so it becomes a, a relationship that's refreshing every day it uh. gives me it allows me to breathe every day because um, we allow each other to grow we grow with each other when we get to an argument we have time we just sit down and discuss there are things at, t- at times where let's say we open our bibles and have a devotion and we would talk for hours <laughs> Uh, and hours about examples and experiences and stuff that we've gone through, how we can incorporate in our lives, and I love that about that about her. Uh, and I, I and I'm I'm happy to find someone that I'm able to share that with, where I can be a child, I can be serious, and I can be uh, um, um, fluid as much as possible. And I, very, I, and I honestly look forward to that. So when you said that, you know, you have to live in the moment. Those are the stuff that pop into my head because you know what? Sometimes we get so caught up in the moment. That we don't even like uh, take it in. We don't even um, yeah. um, we don't even absorb it because now we just think about what tomorrow. Tomorrow we don't That's have it. this. We don't have this. And again, my, even my wife was saying that she was like, "Why are you worrying about what happened tomorrow? You're not. You know, we live in today. Let's live for today, and tomorrow we can live with tomorrow." You know what I'm saying? It. And we have a tendency, and I know I have a tendency. I'm not gonna say anybody else. I'm to myself. I have a tendency to where it's just like I'm so overworried about what's gonna happen in a month or so. That I, I forget that I'm, I'm I have the breath of life in me today. Huh. I'm not guaranteed tomorrow, but today I'm living. I want to be grateful for it and just say, okay, you know what? I have today. Let's live for today. Let's be happy for today. Let's move on to today. When tomorrow comes, I can deal with that. But I'm so I, caught up in myself that I can't even like. Yeah, I, I was I was gonna ask a question. You know, you, you said like you find yourself being worried about next month or tomorrow. What is that rooted in? It's rooted in my upbringing, mm-hmm. right? It's my upbringing because I didn't have much growing up. I didn't. Mm-hmm. Ha- I wasn't financially. My, my parents was not financially. It wasn't educated. 
Mm-hmm. My mom was able to take care of everything, but still, you know, money issue was was always a, it was always a problem. So mm-hmm. growing up, I'm always always figuring out, okay, how can I find a way to save? How can I find a way to just like um, make ends meet? Like you know, what I'm saying it's always mm-hmm. like I need to find a way to just like make it for tomorrow because again. When I was in that state, I was not able to think about that the next day. Mm. I was able, I would have to, I had to survive for that day. So, growing up not having, growing up not able to uh, receiving, not able to like um, eat another breakfast or a lunch or a dinner, like where it's coming from, it it it, it, it gave me it gave me a, a tough skin when I growing up saying, okay, I need to do this, I need to prep myself in the future so I don't have to fall into the same trap that I, I was in when I was younger. But but hold on, I was I'm gonna throw something at you though. That was how you grew up, correct? Yes. Um, but you're here today. Mm-hmm. So so it's interesting, you know. Sometimes when we think about the struggles that we face in life, the challenges that we've overcome in life, um, and how we never want to be in those types of situations again. Right, which is understandable, but the reality is, as challenging as they were, as uncertain as they were, you're here. Mm. And and so when we think about, you know, building courage and confidence in regards to being in the moment, you know, to me, you know, faith is, you know, believing in the unseen, right? Like just understanding that God's got us no matter what, right? Mm-hmm. But when our faith wavers on the future, sometimes, you know, you have examples, right, to pull from. And so God's like, all right, well, fine. You you don't have enough faith to, you know, be in the moment. Look back. So now you look back and you're just like, yeah, that that was challenging and that was challenging. This was challenging and this was challenging. But guess what? I made it through all of that. And then he's like, "Okay, you, you, you ready to have faith now? Be in the moment and go to sleep. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yes yes it's, it's a learning process for me it's a learning it process is. you know it's, it's easier said than done i know i can i can i can i can educate somebody else on it yes. but when i'm in the midst of it when i'm in the, i can see the light at the end of the tunnel but because i'm in the midst of it right now it's hard to see it's hard to motivate myself to continue moving because i i mean i, I just i just say it's 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 depressing Mm-hmm. It's more of just like I know I'm gonna make it. I have faith I'm gonna make it, but it's now is I, I have to practice it. It's practicing See, it that's the problem. That's that's a little harder. You you know the thing is it's not even because you do have faith that you're going to make it right. And so truthfully, and this is a kind of like a, a you know an authentic moment here. Um, it's not necessarily the fact of whether or not you're going to make it because you had a faith that you're going to make it, right? Yes. It's how I'm going to make it. Hmm. So we get caught up in the how, and that's something that I've had to, this is like the faith walk with me. And, you know, I've come up with this philosophy and the whole philosophy is hands off the wheel, feet on the gas and the brake. Right. Hmm. And the concept of hands off the wheel, feet on the gas and the brake is that, you know, when God says go, I'm gunning it. But when he says stop, I'm stopping it. But my hands are not on the wheel. So he's directing where I'm going. Mm. Right. But the problem for us, especially those of us that are high achievers that, you know, that, you know, are gifted in some capacity in life is that we have a tendency to want to grab the wheel 
and I want to force my will. I want to turn left. I want to turn right. I want to make sure I go this route to where I'm going, right? So I'm trying to force to my destination, which I know I'm going to get to the destination, but I'm trying to force my route to the destination. You know what I'm saying? And so that's where our challenges come because, you know, I'm, and this is a, it's a process for me as well, the concept of really letting go and saying, I know where God's taking me, but <laughs> me having the faith along the process to it not necessarily having to be, you know, going the route that I'm planning out. Because the reality is he might take me fully left and fully right before I get back straight again. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? And though that left and right detour is all about some lesson or something that I'm supposed to, to learn from. Or that left and right detour may be a detour to help me to avoid some issue that I might have faced had I just gone straight mm -hmm. like I wanted to go. You see what I'm saying? Yep, so. Yep. So I think to your point, it's not about the destination because you you know you're going to get there. It's just I want to have some agency and or control over the method of getting to that destination. Mm -hmm. And that's something that a lot of us – that's to me, when I pull the layers back, that's the real struggle. It's not the destination. It's how I get to the destination. And mm -hmm. I'm wanting to you know, grab the wheel super hard and force my wheel – into making that journey happen the way that I want it to happen versus allowing God to control that, but then still getting to that destination. Yeah. 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 And again, it's a practice. Yes. It's a practice. It's not something you just like automatically do and just like, I'm okay. No, it's, it's a practice. You got to continue having faith to continue walking that, 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 that walk. It's not easy. It's not, it's not easy at all. No, <laughs> I mean, it's hard. It's I'm, hard. I'm in it it's right hard. now. I'm in it right Dude, now, you know. Me too. <laughs> yeah, me too. Like I said, I, I'm speak I'm not speaking from like some, you know, some guru on the end of the journey. It's like, follow me, young man. I'll teach you all that I know, man. I'm in the midst of this thing too. And it's a daily struggle. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's not like shoot, it's is a multiple times per day struggle at times. Because I, you know, I struggle with the fact that I want things to happen the way that I want them to happen, how I want them to happen, and you know, but then when I do that, I get thumped between my eyes periodically <laughs> to say, Mike, <laughs> calm your butt down. <laughs> it's not going to happen this way. It's going to happen, but it's going to happen the way that, you know, I've ordained it to happen. And that's what I have to, you know, basically just submit to. Yeah. 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 I, I completely agree. I, I am right now. This conversation is, is, is it's needed. And it's interesting. The reason why I'm saying it's interesting is because I'm, I'm, I'm very positive. I try to be as much positive as, as I can. But, you know, again, when you're in your own mess, yes. you, it, it's hard for you to follow your words at time. You know what I'm saying? Because mm -hmm. now you're in it. And again, you know, you can go, you, you're going to get over it. You know, you're going to go mm -hmm. through it. it. It's just within that moment, it's just like, oh, I, need, I, I was, I hope I can like follow my own words. But now to hear my own words, my own thoughts at times projected back on me and say, Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. This is how it is. This is what, how it feels like whenever somebody's talking to me. Not, not to say it's, it's, it's hurtful. It's just like, mm -hmm. okay, I'm, I'm, I'm showing you God. This is pretty much me saying God is showing, God is showing me that your reflection. I'm going to put a mirror in front of you and the yes. words that you're speaking, I'm going to make it hit right back at you. So you can see what you're saying. Not only is powerful, but it's coming from you. 
and I need you to start implementing these things. Mm. Not only just talking Ooh. about it, but I need you to start implementing it. Start yes. acting it out. It's not about just speaking and speaking. I need your actions to speak before you can say anything. Man. That's how it is. Ooh, dude, I'm going to tell you, there's a powerful poem by Langston Hughes entitled Live Your Creed. Okay? And Live Your Creed, the first stanza says, for I'd rather see a sermon than hear one any day. Mm. That's the first stanza. The last stanza of that poem says, for I may misunderstand you and the fine advice you give, but there's no misunderstanding how you act and how you live. Mm. That's mm. Live Your Creed by Langston Hughes. And, when, and, and everything that you just embodied right there was that poem reimagined. Live Your Creed. It's not about, you know, we can all talk a good game. Right. You know, I, I'm a communicator. I'm a speaker and podcaster, just like yourself. You know, I mean, we can communicate with the best of them. But the thing is, do our actions map to what we're communicating? Mm-hmm. And that and that's where the rubber hits the road, because when you want to walk this authentic life, you know, it, it's, you know, or am, am I taking my own medicine? Right. <laughs> you know, right. It's, and it's a cha- it's a challenge, dude. But I think that's where and I think it goes back to what we started off in our conversation today about, you know, being brothers, man, being folks who can lean on each other and call with questions and, you know, throw ideas back and forth. Because when you really have a true brotherhood, when you really have folks who, you know, have your best interest at heart, there are individuals who will challenge you. You know, and the thing is, everybody can't do that. That's why friendship is so important. You know, my fraternity's, you know, uh, her motto is friendship is essential to the soul. You know what I'm saying? And I'm big on that because when you stop and you think about friendship, it's one of those things in which your real true friends can challenge you. Mm -hmm. They can turn that mirror on you, not from the place of trying to make you feel bad, but from the place of, hey, I want you to see what's going on because I want you to be the best version of yourself. Yes. That's what the thing is all about. Yes, 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 yes. Ending, ending the conversation with your, um, you as a dad, how do you want your kids to remember you? I want them to, to, to know that they were loved. I want them to know that, you know, I was a man who took care of their mother and loved their mother and set the example of what a man should be in the household in regards to, you know, being a husband and being a father. Um, I, I want them to just to just know that they were loved and, you know, that, you know, an environment was created for them to grow and to blossom into who they were called to be. And it was never me trying to build them into something that they're not. You know, I want, want them to know that they were challenged, you know, that they were but they were challenged in a way that was rooted in the intention of them being the best version of themselves, not challenging them to be perfect. Um, I want them to also know that I will, you know, dad never got mad at them for failure. The Mm. only thing dad got mad at them for was a lack of effort, right? A lack of effort and having a bad attitude because those are the two things that they had complete agency over, but dad never got mad at us for failing unless we weren't given our best, then he was going to get mad at us. But <laughs> the reality is that's what it was about. So, and then I, you know, I hope that there are concepts and principles that they learn through, not just what my wife and I say, but how we live our lives that play into how they live their lives that they build upon, that they take to the next level. And, um, but I, 
my prayer is that those things are rooted in what they saw and what they experienced, not just what they heard. And um, because that means that I was there. And mm -hmm. so selfishly, that means, you know, I was around to, you know, to give them those experiences and to teach those lessons and to, you know, to be that example. If that's the legacy that they have of me, I would be happy with that. Mm -hmm. Beautiful, man. Beautiful, beautiful. Um, and to wrap up, for the dads out there, the dads to be um, father figures, uh, what kind of message do you want to leave with them? Man, um, there's a, you know, one of my, one of my good homeboys, he's uh, out of New York. He has a movement called fatherhood is lit and his name is James Lopez. And one of the things that he always has as a tagline in some of his messages is presence over presence. And so when he, what he's talking about is the, the, the being present, right? So mm -hmm. presence being present over presence, like gifts. Mm -hmm. So it's the whole concept of being there. And the main message that, you know, I'd like to, you know, kind of give to brothers and, you know, to guys who are fathers, father figures, mentors, coaches, whoever, if you're that father figure in the life of, you know, a kid or a young person, be present. Mm. And being present is not buying stuff. It's not, you know, paying the money. It's not just, you know, saying things. Being present is actually being there. Mm. You know, and, and you know, I know there's certain dynamics in which for physically you might not be there, but you can be there in a virtual sense. You can be there on the phone. You can be there. You can be the ear when they need to talk. You can be that example to show them, not just tell them, but to show them how to act. But in essence, it's all about being present. Mm. And I think if we're committed, intentional and focused on being present, everything else falls into place yes oh man beautiful beautiful uh, first of all i wanted to just thank you for this this wonderful i would say episode but this conversation man mm -hmm. it's, it's it was a long time coming but it was needed it was mm -hmm. needed i feel like i was being coached as much as i was being as, as much as i was coaching and i, I love that you know mm -hmm. you, you continue pouring into me and i'll continue pouring and i love yeah. the dynamic i love the conversation i just want to say thank you Thank you for what you're doing and thank you for coming to this podcast and dropping some like some heavy, <laughs> heavy mm. dimes right now. And I, I, I appreciate that. And I appreciate your dadhood. I love the movement that you're doing. I love the 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 way you carrying yourself and the way you're treating yourself, the way you are you're being present. I absolutely love that about you. I really, really I just want to say thank you. I'm just <laughs> thank you, mm. thank you so much for everything that you've done, and thank you for like being on this podcast and being vulnerable and being open and being such a, a, a amazing coach. Honestly, mm. I just want to say thank you, thank you so much. Mm. Well, thank you so much for the opportunity, BJ. And like I said, it's been a long time coming, man. But again, you know, this was much needed, and, and I thank you because every conversation that that we have and you know, and opportunities to to discuss things like this, man. You know, I grow so much myself, and so I just thank you for the opportunity, and I thank you to the listeners and the you know the folks out there, and you know, y'all continue doing what you're doing, and man, you continue doing what you're doing, brother, because you're changing lives. Thank you, thank you. All right, and, and closing, guys, I just want to say thank you again, my brother Mike, for coming through for this conversation, for this this talk. It was needed. It was great. It was it was well worth it. It was well worth the wait. And I, like he said before, be present. 
Be present in your kid's life. Be present. It's not about what you give them as far as gifts, but being there for them. The time that you spend with them, the time that you, you had a conversation with them, the time you took them out to the movies or you just sit there and just listen. It's not about the gift that you give them, but the gift that you want to give is your presence. And I want to applaud everybody that's doing that right now. If you're not doing it, start, start taking action. It is not hard. Just being in somebody's life is not hard. Being there, call and just be present. You know, sometimes we are so caught up in ourselves because we are trying to make good and do good that we lose track of what we need to, what we need to do is pretty much be there. Be there for our kids. Be there for our wives. Be present. And that's all it is. Be present. Be in the moment. Be in the moment. Be in the moment. Also, as you said, like I always say, be intentional. Be intentional with everything that you're doing. Be intentional about being a dad. It is the, the greatest gift you can give to your, your child. It's the greatest gift you can give to your wife is being present and being intentional with everything that you're doing. You're doing. And again, um, be the best version of yourself. Everything that you do, you went through life, your dad went through life, now you're here, but you need to be the best version of yourself for your kids, for your child. Everything that you're doing right now is to better the future for the next generation. It's not about you just right now. It ends with you. You need to think about somebody else, your child, or somebody else that you might be influencing that you don't even know. All right? Guys, I, I applaud you. For if, you if you're doing this dadhood thing, continue doing it. I applaud everybody that's continue doing this, that's on this journey. I, I love you guys. I love what you, what you continue doing. Mike, you are amazing. You are great. And guys, again, I, I'm not going to hold you any longer. Thank you, my brother Mike. I will catch you in the future. Bye. For more Dear Dad podcasts, visit Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Make sure you check Dear Dad Podcast on your favorite Instagram social media platform at Dear Dad Podcast. Catch you later.